Good morning, and welcome to Convocation. My name is Geneva. And my name is Phil. And we were a part of the very first Jamaican SST. Now, along with the 13 of us here, 13 students of us here, and two intrepid leaders, we were also joined by a non-traditional student, Kevin, and a young woman from Washington University, Megan, who found us on the internet. Just a bit of background for you all. Jamaica is located in the Caribbean Sea, about 180 miles south of Florida and east of Mexico. It's about the same size as the state of Connecticut, or for those of you not from New England, about one-tenth of the size of Indiana. Now, before we get too far into the program, there are a few important distinctions between our SST experience and what you might be envisioning. The first difference is language. The official language of Jamaica is English, but the unofficial language and very common dialect spoken there is called Patois. For our SST, we learned American Sign Language and Jamaican Sign Language. And this is the first SST to be focusing on a signed language in the deaf community in another country. In our group, we have American Sign Language interpretation majors, art majors, social work majors, education majors, business majors, and many others all of whom took at least one year of ASL instruction before we left. Now another difference is that the order of our SST was flipped. We did service first and then we had our time of study and we did this because of our service placements. We were placed with different schools for the deaf all over the island. If we had waited till the second weeks, all the schools would have been out for the summer holiday. At these schools we volunteered in the classrooms, offices, dorms, and a host of other areas but most importantly, we built relationships with the kids and other Jamaicans. After those six weeks, we came together from all corners of the island to the city of Mandeville, where we studied for six weeks at the Jamaican Bible College. In our classes, we learned about the history, culture, natural wonders, and languages of Jamaica, just to name a few. It is also from here that we departed for our famous and infamous field trips. During our experience, we lived and interacted with Jamaican culture, meeting many Jamaicans, both deaf and hearing, from all walks of life. And now we would like to share our experience with you. Thanks to the recent heat wave, it shouldn't be too hard for you to imagine that you're right there with us as we share stories, skits, pictures, and songs. The island of Jamaica is home to an unusually large percent of deaf persons per capita. However, the size and makeup of student bodies at various deaf schools and the quality of care and attention given to these students varies a lot. Jamaican Christian School for the Deaf, JCSD, is only a 10-minute drive <coughs> from the tourist center of Montego Bay. Located in the northwest of the island, it's an entirely different world when you reach the community of Eden. We had the opportunity to experience aspects of residential life unique to a school for children with so many specific physical, emotional, and social needs. While the majority of students were completely deaf, others were only slightly hard of hearing and some could hear completely but couldn't communicate orally because of other disabilities. All 35 enrolled students between the ages of 3 and 20 live at the school during the week. 15 of them stayed on the weekends. The kids got up at 5.30 to begin their chores, sweeping, ironing, and getting dressed for the school day, and we got out of bed soon after. Our bedroom, smaller than the typical GC dorm room, 
contained a small table, a couple bars for hanging clothes, and three beds for us and other staff who felt like staying overnight. A single bare bulb provided light for our entire hallway and the four surrounding rooms. For lighting reasons, our bedroom's walls ended a foot before the ceiling, allowing the girls to look over into our room whenever they wanted, not realizing that we could hear them as they almost fell over. Quite unexpectedly, these were the loudest six weeks of our lives, hands down. Outdoor noises from one direction, the girls' screams and giggles from another, the TV blaring down the hall at all hours, and our superintendent's deafening snore on the other side of the wall. While many of the larger schools for the deaf are able to conveniently divide classes by age alone, JCSD staff are responsible for assessing the students' individual types and degrees of disability and place them according to their broader levels of intelligence. So the children are more comfortable learning among their academic and social peers, not just in groups with their age mates. We had the opportunity to interact with the JCSD community in our very shared living spaces every day, but also got to experience some extracurricular activities that involved the deaf and disabled youth from other schools. JCSD is a school run completely by grace. Students are sponsored by individual donors, mainly from the U.S., some from Jamaica. The school is unique because compared to others we visited, they truly have the values of empowering the deaf community, and the school is run completely by Jamaicans. Our principal was amazing. She literally spent her time going out into the streets to find children who either didn't have resources needed for school or whose parents didn't think deaf children could learn. In a culture where the assumption that deaf means dumb, she went out into the community often and had students referred to her with other disabilities as well. Some of our students had cerebral palsy, <coughs> developmental disabilities, hydrocephalus, and others. They've never turned a student away, even when they couldn't pay their tuition. The school is severely understaffed, and for that reason, we quickly understood that we were able to do anything and were expected to do everything as dorm mothers, teachers, nurses, parents, role models, and friends. We were in charge of morning devotions spur the and had spur-of-the-moment lesson plans when teachers decided to take an afternoon or maybe a whole day off of school. We saw everything, and from angles we almost couldn't handle, we weren't tourists. We were actively participating in Jamaican life. On the four-hour bus ride to the National Deaf Dance Competition, we got a flat tire on the wrong side of the road on a mountain, and were on supervisor duty for a group of the youngest students while the driver changed the tire. Our students ended up doing their best and really enjoyed themselves at the competition. We were really proud of all the work they had done. A few weeks later, we had the opportunity to travel with a local teacher's college to the Jamaican Special Olympics and were volunteer event staff for two days. By the end of this experience, we had not slept more than five hours over three days, and one of us was left with mysterious black blisters popping up on random parts of her body. As we learned more and more <laughs> about the neglect and stress the students dealt with while interacting with their friends and family who couldn't communicate with them, we became a lot more patient teachers and dorm parents during the week, and it was extremely difficult to leave them after learning how much potential they all had. Me, Emily, and Kevin, who is not here with us today, not because he's dead, I'm just not sure where he is. Um, <laughs> all went to a school in the mountains of Mandeville called CCCD Knockpatrick. We had over 120 kids there, all who were deaf. 
ranging from ages 5 to 23, and all the kids lived there too. While we were there, we played many different roles, such as interpreter, teacher, nurse, computer technician, event planner, babysitter, soccer coach, and dance teacher. And believe it or not, Cody was actually in the ballet class for a day. You should ask him about that later. <laughs> uh, me and Emily got along great with the kids, uh, although they didn't quite understand me and Emily's relationship. We tried to tell them that we are just friends, but they didn't believe us. They thought that me and Emily were brother and sister. Of course, we're the only two white people there. Why would we not be related? But no, we're just friends. Oh, you must be dating. No. Oh, we know. You guys are married. And how come you don't have any kids? You're both so old. <laughs> and then the, they figured it out. Emily's my mom. <laughs> Emily found that to be hilarious. But then they also asked Emily if she was pregnant with my child. I found that to be hilarious. Um, the school does not get any public funding and has to raise all their own funds. So I was put in charge of something called Fun Day. It was probably the least fun I had out of any day this whole year. And I don't think we raised any funds, and I think we actually lost money. We were often put in charge of classes when teachers would not show up. We did not know, any lesson, or we did not know the lesson plans or what the kids were learning, and I did not know very much sign language. So for hours on end, we'd play lots of math games. We also got to play a lot of soccer with the kids, which often turned into breakdancing. The teachers had me and Emily do a skit on drunk driving for the students, showing them if they drank and they drove, they would probably die. Although the ironic thing is, in Jamaica, deaf people are not allowed to get their driver's license. I don't know if that occurred to the teachers. And I'm pretty sure them drinking and driving would have been safer than going in the taxis there. The school uh, would usually shut down if it started to rain. There was an old wives' tale saying that if you got, if you got, if you got wet, you would get sick and probably die. So teachers would often not show up, kids would not be allowed out of the buildings to go to classrooms, and all the students would be amazed when I would walk through the streets with no raincoat or umbrella and still be alive the next day. One of my most interesting experiences was the day when our school principal dropped me off at the Mandeville Public Hospital and asked me to interpret for one of our deaf teachers who was having a baby. The problem was, I wasn't allowed to be there, and the nurses had no way of communicating with the teacher. So for the next eight hours, I fought back and forth with the nurses until they finally asked me to leave that evening. I don't think I'll be welcomed back at the hospital again anytime soon, but it was definitely a learning experience. And now, watch the slideshow of our pictures and be sure to watch for us in Goshen, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, we're 
yourself. Spin with it and take for yourself. Add the new dance, take for yourself. Cause some of them bad minds, some of them bad minds. Take for yourself, them bad minds. This I wanna be prime time, this I be prime time. Take for yourself a prime time. Everybody start take for yourself. We're going to share four little vignettes, just uh, little skits showing some things that we experienced in Jamaica that at first seemed really strange and at the end of our time were fairly normal. If this didn't happen, we'd wonder what was wrong. So here you go.
Another thing we were blessed to learn during our time was the Jamaican National Anthem. We heard it a lot of different places while we were there. We heard it in our schools every morning. On the TV, with the news, on the radio. And even before the start of a movie in the movie theater. And now we're going to share it with you. all of us would gather at our tree in the Jamaican Bible College lawn between 7.30 and 8. We would all gather and study together, or more often than not, we would play cards and just enjoy the sun. Once 8 o'clock came around, we would all be summoned to our classes, JSL classes to be exact. We were split into two different classes with two deaf Jamaican women as our teachers. The first class was taught by Tishai Bent, who is actually a student at Taylor Fort Wayne. The other class was taught by Felicia Campbell, the co-manager of the Jamaican Deaf Village. They taught us JSL vocabulary, such as Jamaican foods, different types of cars, and what it's like to be in Deaf in Jamaica compared to the U.S. Though they are in Jamaica and we are here, we do keep in contact through email. Yes, they do have computers, and hope to see them again in the future. When we were there, we went on a lot of different field trips, and so we thought we'd just share a couple of the ones that were our favorites. The first one we really enjoyed was Dunn's River Falls. It's a very large waterfall of fresh water that comes down and descends into the saltwater sea. We were all able to climb the falls, and we only had a few minor injuries and accidents along the way. Overall, this was one of our favorites because it was just fun, and it was nice to take a break from the educational field trips. During that same week, we also went on an unplanned field trip. 
Um, our bus driver, oddly, he liked to take us on his own personal tours of Jamaica. So one day when we were completely exhausted because we had just been on an actual planned field trip to a plantation, he decided that we didn't have enough of an education yet. So he began a bus tour that lasted about three hours. Uh, we were all tired, cranky, and just ready to get off that bus. But we ended up stopping at a lighthouse on the shore. Now, initially we were frustrated because it would mean even a longer time traveling, but we got out of the bus anyways. Um, it actually turned out to be really amazing and really refreshing. We were able to climb on the rocks and we could feel the waves and the mist. And it ended up being one of our favorite field trips. The third field trip we really enjoyed was to the Appleton Sugar Factory. The rum factory. There we were able to see how the raw sugar was turned into molasses. And then into rum. We also really enjoyed the free samples of sugarcane and molasses. And rum. <laughs> Needless to say, we all left with a little bit of a sugar high. Yeah. One beautiful Sunday morning, Vanessa, Megan, and I piled into the van back, otherwise known as the bed of our pickup truck, with our brother Jerome and sister Jasmine. Our parents were taking us to Font Hill Beach for a day of swimming and soaking up the sun. We really enjoyed this little outing, but little did we know that an unexpected event was about to take place. On the way home, we stopped to pick up some ackee, which is a yellow fruit that, when cooked, looks like scrambled eggs, and when cooked with saltfish, comprises of Jamaica's national dish at a roadside hut. Suddenly, all of a sudden, we heard hundreds of horns, bells, whistles, and calls of shower quickly approaching behind the road behind us. So we turned just in time to spot an entourage of cars with men and women in brightly green attire hanging out of their windows and waving green flags. Had we missed St. Patty's Day, we looked at each other in confusion. <laughs> but to our relief, our host sister quickly explained that we were seeing just a portion of the JLP pilgrimage from Montego Bay to Kingston. JLP stands for Jamaican Labor Party, which is the political rival to the People's National Party, or PNP. These are the two main political parties in Jamaica and were founded by Sir William Alexander Clark Bustamante and Norman Washington Manley, respectively. At this point, the platforms of these two parties are not noticeably different. In fact, they're difficult to notice at all. However, many people are still extremely passionate about their parties when election time draws near. Elections in Jamaica are usually held in the end of August, which means RSST group witnessed the rising tensions and increase in violence which preceded these events. While in Jamaica, we were, when we were there, there was a cashy commercial for the JLP quoting the last Prime Minister, Portia Simpson, who was a representative for the PMP, saying, we're not changing our course. Unfortunately for her, we just heard recently that the election results were the changing of the course happened and it was in favor of the JLP. However, on that particular day, the JLP spirits were high. And the three of us whiteies in the van back had a fabulous time observing and interacting with the masses of loud, drunk, green people clamoring for our attention and attempting to catch a ride with us. <laughs> Thank you.
Sheila Yoder and I had the awesome opportunity of being with these wonderful students for three months in Jamaica. At many times during our time there, we would pause for thanks before a meal or possibly for uh, devotions at our weekly meetings. And at that time, you would have heard us sing the following song. Sometimes it echoed above the hills at Palm Ridge Retreat, where we spent several days thinking about our experiences. Sometimes on Blue Mountain itself, either at a coffee plantation or hiking up to the very top. Or when we simply had our regular Wednesday lunches in Mandeville. We would like to share this song with you now, and we'll sing it one time, and then we would like you to join us and repeat the first verse of Be Still and Know That I Am God. <laughs> 